Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about Phoebe Bridger's debut album, Stranger in the Alps, which starts out with a song called Smoke Signals. end of the year we have the luxury of looking back and i feel like it's not as sort of full a time for new music releases but it is a very full time for best of the year kind of lists and it's a chance for us to kind of see what did we maybe miss and this is an album that was pretty under my radar and it's not my kind of music that i naturally will seek out but i think as we were looking over there those sorts of lists it pops up a lot it came out i think back in september yeah and, and she was on my list for us to see at south by southwest this past year and we didn't make it out to see her but she was getting a lot of buzz at that time too and now i'm super bummed because her voice just has what i'm i was a little bit reminded of well she's a very young artist she just i think turned 23 right before this album mm-hmm. came out so super super young and her voice has a sort of clarity but still sort of this world weariness to it mm-hmm. and remind me a little bit of a, another very very young artist with a very kind of world weary voice which was lucy dacus not totally different oh, musical I style you were gonna say Haley bonner who no well i think her right style here. sounds like Haley bonner but in terms yeah. of just being so so young yeah and coming up with a first album and this is the first album and the this the assuredness of it mm-hmm. and so that not so much in terms of the musical style but just the sheer like the purity of voice mm-hmm. and the youth and still having this sense of having lived in a way that i can't even comprehend it's yeah. kind of amazing and this song, I, I think it's the perfect one to start out to set the tone of the album because she's from L.A. and as am I. And it, this song really reminded me of driving out to the beach and, and kind of feeling lonely or lost. And this song really captures her 
humor in the face of kind of despondency, which I think is the overall tone of the album. It's sad and it's kind of downbeat, but there's a sense of humor about it. And it's this this kind of romantic lost love song. But then the smoke signals are coming from burning trash on the beach. And I, I think that's it's such a like clever way to twist it. And I feel like that runs throughout the album. And and in fact, the title of it, Stranger in the Alps, is a reference to apparently <laughs> the TV version of The Big Lebowski that has all the curse words dubbed out in like a really terrible way. Someone had a lot of work to do. Yeah. It, I, I've never seen the TV version, but I looked it up on YouTube after this. And this particular bit is really awful but anyway it's walter's smashing up somebody's car and he's like this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass and the dubbed version is when you fight a stranger in the alps which has no no relation to anything there's no context you still shouldn't do it but yeah yeah, that that there is that that curiosity and yeah i think that for me that the image is the pelicans circling it mm-hmm. sounds so like even just visually you're like up in the sky and you see this sort of like oh it's the beauty of nature and oh mm-hmm. and that contrast really anchors us and i think sends us into the rest of the album and i think that they're just the, the songwriting continues to be really assured we hear this next track is called motion sickness <laughs> illustration of how this record could have gone in a different direction this is the one kind of more upbeat song and I I could have seen her recording a whole record that sounded like this and this I think really does sound like Haley Bonnard but just like more of a pop direction and I really like this song and it's got that same kind of cleverness the idea of emotional motion sickness but it's it's more it's got kind of a fun beat but I really like well I like that it's a super dark song Mm -hmm. to the Mm -hmm. extent that it really seems like she got out of a pretty bad situation with someone. And, you know, I don't know her story, but it just really seems like some much older person. And she is very happy to be like, okay, you, you, you're gone and you suck. Why do you sing an English accent? Which is such a great moment. I mean, you could like, there's a lot that I'm sure there's a lot of backstory with her because she sort of has gotten attention because she has all these other musicians who have been backing her, like 
Brian Adams and Connor Oberst and some people who have been kind of championing her. And you wonder if she sort of got into their circles via knowing someone because there are a lot of a lot of lyrics on here that are kind of oblique that allude to being in a relationship with somebody who is an an older person who's maybe a musician and um yeah it's interesting he he was in a band when she was born yeah and it's funny because i read some interview with her where she said that um this was actually about something someone specific and that person was not happy when he when she showed him the song yeah, what a shock! This is a, <laughs> no, it's it's brutal, and yeah. it's very much this kind of declaration of independence. And it is, I think, such a nice pairing of having this kind of more upbeat, up tempo song with just the darkness that she's turning away from it and drowning mm-hmm. it out mm-hmm. with the positivity of the music, even mm-hmm. as she's getting past this darkness. Mm-hmm. I did like also that um, this. I kind of failed to mention on the first song. One thing that's weird about it is it's just first course, first course, first course. It's the most like straightforward mm-hmm. structurally. Mm-hmm. And this one turns it on an ear because there's like three different choruses mm-hmm. and then a bridge. And so it's, uh, it kind of throws itself in. It's much more interesting structurally. It kind of opens up the world of the songwriting mm-hmm. as it just narrows in like a laser at this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a good one, two punch that these are the first two songs on the record because there's kind of the depth and the Twin Peaksy echoing reverby guitar- bass, the echoing bass on the yeah. on the first song, and then that's very atmospheric. And then this song is a little more poppy, and it kind of sets up her range right away. And I th- I actually think these are yeah. probably the best two songs. Yeah, ever. and I think these are both kind of looking very outward in a sort of longing, and then in anger. Mm-hmm. And then we hear it get to this next track we'll play, which is very much looking within, and it's pretty dark. Also, mm-hmm. it's called Funeral. Singing at a funeral tomorrow For a kid a year older than me And I've been talking to his dad It makes me so sad when I think too much about it I can't breathe And I have this dream where I'm screaming underwater While my friends are waving from the shore And I don't need you to tell me what that means I don't believe in that stuff anymore Jesus Christ, I'm so blue all the time And that's just how I feel Always have and I always So those first two songs we played, I think, had a very pop sensibility and instrumentation. And this song I like because it kind of goes in a little more of like a country-ish sound in terms of she gets some twang in her voice Mm -hmm. and uh, the percussion drops away and it's just acoustic guitar and strings, kind of a fiddle. And then you hear this just insane thwomp, kind of noisy, really scary strings going on in the intro and then kind of coming in at various points over the course of the Mm -hmm. song. And it's really appropriate for a song that on the surface, very pretty and serene. And then you dig down and it's just 
despair and depression and someone who like oh maybe she was in therapy and she's just like yeah that doesn't work i'm out of there and it's it's rough like i'm worried about this woman (laughs) but i mean i think that also there's again a sense of humor about it and she's you know this is the character in the song is writing about you know planning to sing at a funeral of somebody who's around her age and you know she's the line is like you know she starts getting depressed and like feeling sorry for herself but then the line is feeling sorry for myself when i remembered someone's kid is dead and like having that self-awareness to be like yeah i'm just kind of being self-indulgent yeah and i guess that's true that it's like it she starts it seems really bad but they you get the sense it's like she at least recognizes yeah i'm actually my, i'm not necessarily suicidal like she has her friend that she talks to and like oh we're gonna kill ourselves eh, maybe not and it's we laughed we, then they're able to laugh and yet it's still this again that it has another outro where it's like oh you feel like okay she's strong she's actually not super depressed maybe she's gonna be okay and then there's just this last bit we're just like and it's 4am and i'm doing nothing and Mm -hmm. it's just the song kind of just drags out and again the pop sensibility that's been there just suddenly the pacing and the of the rhythm of the song kind of falls apart and you're left like actually wait is she okay i don't know i think this is this song is really part of the tradition of songs sad songs by people who appreciate that listening to sad songs can help you feel less alone and feel better it's kind of like talking to a friend about how you feel and knowing that you're not alone and i feel like that is what she's sort of trying to project with the song yeah there is tremendous just emotional openness here and that's again that she's so and young so she she understands herself so well but then there's not any sense of guardedness like she's just completely open and just putting it all out there and you mentioned the the strings and this song is so beautifully produced and there are all these little kind of touches little sounds that i actually only picked up on just now when we were listening to this right before we started talking about it because my headphones that i listen to when i'm out running or whatever are not (laughs) as good and yeah just a lot of little atmospheric touches that are that add a lot yeah well that, that's it's good to get noticed by established musicians mm-hmm. who have access to good producers and it really shows here like it's so polished for mm-hmm. a first album it's mm-hmm. really remarkable yeah it really is. and um i think we get a little more um the production gets i guess pretty playful i would say on this mm-hmm. next track it's called scott street i asked you how is your sister
sort of the middle of that song because the beginning starts out where it's almost sounds like an Elliot Smith tribute. And obviously Elliot Smith is a big influence on her, but she's just sort of walking around and runs into presumably an ex-boyfriend. And that's when kind of more of the instrumentation and more of the interesting little production touches comes in. There's kind of more of that in the background and and then the strings come in right where we cut it off there but that those go on for the rest of the song and it's it's a really interesting landscape of sound that she moves through throughout the song yeah some of it is almost like it i think it's riding a fine line of maybe being a little too kind of cutesy like a, she says helicopters and then you hear this kind of womp 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 sound in the background and she, the, there are no drums until she asks him about hey how are the drums then the drums, the drums kick actually in come in at the beginning of that verse but, that's but they come in like right as yeah, she is about yeah, to yeah. ask like there are no drums until she's about yeah. to ask him about hey how was playing drums yeah someone clearly was having fun with the production yeah. and when he says like oh they're all getting married and then suddenly there's backing vocals like oh they're all in yeah more in pairs yeah and it's all very cutesy but yeah and the but the percussion gets funky and then the song just kind of opens up though into just this very sweet just kind of almost wordless la 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 don't be a stranger and then weird um road effects which i have to say it was a little i was yeah. right i was had this in one ear while i was riding my bike and then there's like car well, horns and of, bike bells yeah i mean i think it's evoking she's supposed to be just kind of walking down the street and runs into somebody and then she just kind of the end of the song is just like this repeated like anyway don't be a stranger and you imagine her just kind of continuing down the street and yeah it's a little yeah. too literal but i feel like it's subtle enough that it works it's, as i said it rides that line and i think it ends up being successful and very cutesy but it, you know it touches on that very real thing of like even at the age of 22, there are the people that you've kind of left behind and you mm-hmm. re- maybe remember fondly and you're just, you're not going to necessarily stay in touch with them. And yeah, you'll want to and you won't. And it's kind of sad, but it's also life. And mm-hmm. the song is just a slice of that life. It's very cute. So the, <laughs> the next track is actually, I guess, her first big song and was that uh, she, had, she EP. came out with an EP before her first record this before this album came out and this was I think the main song on it well yeah this I think the song that supposedly got the attention of the producers and musicians who wanted to work with her so pretty exciting it's called Killer i 
So this is the first of a couple of tracks where she brings in a more experienced backing vocalist. And in this case, it's John Doe who just comes in on those choruses and gives them so much heft. And especially on this song where we're coming in in the second half and it's very, very spare. In fact, up until where we come in, it's all just been this kind of distorted piano sound. And then just we get a little bit of strings, but she's kind of contemplating her own death and in a mostly kind of positive way. Like, Hey, I, I live my life and it's, it's yet another case of, wait, she's 23 or 22 when she was writing songs or probably 20 or 21. She like a lot of these songs are pretty old and mm-hmm. she's had her, you know, since been writing songs since she was a teenager, I think. And, uh, the, the depth here continues to amaze. And with that, John Doe backing vocals, just everything seems so alive and yet aware of the imminence of death. Mm -hmm. And I, how is she doing this at this age? And this is her first album. I think that she, you know, in that way, she reminds me of Angel Olsen too, and kind of the darkness, but also having a pretty voice and singing in a pretty tune about really dark things. But I think that's what helps her voice her voice could go either way her vocal tone is kind of high and pretty and i think it could slip into just being very unremarkable that like oh yeah she's another 23 year old woman singing pretty pop songs and i think that's kind of where you get if what i was saying about motion sickness is like that's the direction the whole record could have taken but instead she's thoughtful about how she presents her songs and there is a darkness to them and like a self-awareness and a sense of humor and it's that whole package that makes it into something more yeah and these little you know the lyrical touches i could go on the 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 strength of the songwriting here and i just i love this in the first chorus where it's i'm sick of the chase and i'm hungry for blood and that's Mm -hmm. sort of very much the sort of youthful aggressive person Mm -hmm. and then we come into the second chorus and it's just i'm sick of the chase and i'm stupid in love and it's Mm -hmm. sort of that darkness and light and sort of anger and love and that that becoming that maturing as a person over the course of a song as she contemplates her own uh, contemplates her own death is yeah and the next song we're gonna play also has a very famous backing vocalist or this is more of a duet but the male vocalist on this song is connor oberst and the song is called would you rather
with all this famous friend backing, you almost want to hate her, but I think that she carries it off well. And I think that having all these kind of other people who are well-known guesting and doing backing vocals also kind of underscores what I hear as the message of the album, which is, you know, finding your way out of sadness requires you to look inside yourself, but also to reach out to the people around you who care about you. And that by, you know, sharing how you feel that that makes the burden lighter. Wow. You just found the kernel of awesome in the message of this record. No, it's uh, God, her and Connor Ober singing together are just, it's so pretty and the there's darkness and light. And again, her, the sweetness for her voice and his voice is a little, got mm-hmm. a little, a little sandpaper on it. And the, yeah, I the love two of them voice. together are just magical. Mm-hmm. And it really is just something that I first you know the first listen to this and like uh, just another pretty voiced singer songwriter and just realizing you have someone who has this kind of songwriting talent a really you know not the most oh my god this is an amazing unusual voice but just a really strong clear sweet voice and phenomenal taste and collaborators in terms of you know these singers producers and that it just comes out sounding so self-assured and I'm both looking forward to and dreading that second album because I, you know, this is so strong that sophomore slump almost seems inevitable, but I still look forward to finding out whether it is because, uh, yeah, this was really a surprise for me. Yeah. And I, yeah. I feel like it's a, this will be our last, uh, episode we're recording in 2017 and it, I feel like this is a good one to end the year. It just yeah. has that sweetness and darkness, but also hope. Yeah, it's a good way to end 2017. We've all been through a lot, but, you know, you can still be optimistic about the future. Yeah. (laughs) The last song we'll play is a Mark Kozilek cover, and it's called You Missed My Heart. It's technically the penultimate track on the record, but the last song is just kind of a reprise of the first song. So we'll go out with that. You've been listening to For the Record, and we've been discussing Phoebe Bridger's debut album, Stranger in the Alps. Thanks for listening. Broke into her house, saw her sitting there, drinking coke and whiskey in her bra and underwear. Saw him in the kitchen, hanging up the phone. I asked him nicely once to pack his things and go. He gave her reassuring look, said he
It's quiet. 